Star Train Orlando, Florida edition. I've got Mr. Jason Sobel here after a nice round of golf. You played a nice round of golf. I drove the cart and I watched you play, and I uh, picked up the spoils afterwards with you as part of your uh, your team. Uh, so good job, Pards. Yeah, I mean, I think we should call out that the Stinger 5-wood is your go-to shot. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I hit my first shot of the day was really good. My last shot of the day was really good. In between, you carried me the entire way. Yeah, well, you know, it wasn't the best day. But one of the greatest things that I've just discovered today for the first time <laughs> is called the Sippy. The Sippy Cup. Sippy the, Cup. The official drink of West Orange Country Club. Okay, can you give some folks out there what, what a Sippy Cup is? Because I'm sipping on it right now, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Not secret ingredients. Mm. It's like the Colonel's special recipe. We can't uh, tell outsiders okay. what, what's exactly in there. So you're going to have to come to the club. This is, this is a good uh, advertisement <laughs> the club, for the club. You didn't realize sure. I was going that way. Yeah, I did, I did not realize You've got to come to the club. And, and here's the thing, though. If you, if you come to the club and you play golf, I'll buy Sippy cups for anyone who mentions the par train. How how is that for a little tie-in? Okay, I'm I'm cool with that. Although there is a hint of lime. That's all I'm gonna say. There's some lime, there's some uh, club soda in there, and uh-huh. then there's some other things. Yeah, yeah, that, it's, uh, it's yeah. That, that make it even better. It's fantastic. So before we jump in here, I just wanted you to know that our media pass access got denied. What by the tour at Torrey Pines and Riviera and. I just want to hear from you. I want the seal of approval from from Mr. Sobel. The press conference room would be more exciting with the par train crew in it, correct? Yes, absolutely. And I I don't understand the PGA Tour's reluctance. And and I've heard this from other bloggers, podcasters, folks who aren't necessarily traditional media like myself, who have kind of the traditional type of jobs that... Uh, the PGA Tour is denying credentials. I understand them wanting to be careful, and you can't just let anybody in, but I think they need to do a little bit of their due diligence and understand that, look, people are trying to break into the business. They're trying to provide content. They're trying to do things by uh, non-traditional means, and uh, I'm sorry to hear that because uh, I've heard very similar things from other people sort of like in your position where, hey, it's not my full-time gig, and yeah. I- I'm not doing it for a living, but I'd like to do it full-time sometime, and you're trying to get the experience of, of, of doing the podcast, doing other things with the website, and I don't understand why they, they have this reluctance, especially because, look, the golf industry is not growing right now. Yeah. Um, I've seen... Uh, so many friends, colleagues who have uh, lost their jobs in golf over the last 5, 10, 15 years, uh, you know, used to walk into a press room, especially at a major championship or even a, another big event, and there would be writers from newspapers around the country who cover the PGA Tour full-time and, and would write for the tour, uh, write about the tour. And now, even at the major championships, you don't get those writers. And, and mm. so... They have to think of things uh, in a non-traditional sense, and this is the way the the world is evolving. And the fact that they're not jumping on this right now um, is a little bit discouraging, quite frankly. I mean, we just want to ask questions different than take me through that shot on 16. Yes. Where the guy doesn't know what to say other than, well, I had the number and I hit the shot. I get that sometimes, you know, look, if it's the shot of the day, hey, the shot on 16 where you hold out for an eagle to go from one down to one up, and then you won the tournament. Sure. I want to hear all about that shot. I'm going to write about it. Yeah. On four, on Thursday afternoon, where, hey, I saw you had that stance, and it was a little tough, and you, you hit short of the green. You were able to chip up and make yeah. par. 
who cares? And, and I've never understood that. And there's still people out there um, who are covering PGA Tour events who are asking those questions. And look, maybe they think that that's what their readers, their viewers, their listeners want to know about. I've just never understood that. I'd rather hear about stories. I'd rather, as a person in the media, tell those stories yeah. than simply tell what happened on the golf course. Because quite frankly, especially when it's a, a Thursday, a Friday, even a Saturday, and it's not the best shot of the day, it's not Justin Thomas uh, eagling the 18th hole at the U.S. Open to, to shoot a 63. If it's just a shot that happened in a round of a guy who shot 68, give me some different things. Give me some storytelling. I've always thought that storytelling trumps everything else. For sure. And speaking of a story, yes. I have come out and said that 2018 is going to be the greatest golf season of all time. Ever. Ever. Because there are I... a lot of good ones out there. Now, I'm a little bit younger than you. A little so bit. So my, my, my memory doesn't jog as back as the history that you know. Mm-hmm. But I would say... The com- I don't remember a time where the best players in the world were all playing well with the best player that ever lived is coming back and mm-hmm. is fused and mm-hmm. should play well. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see this week. This is the week he, he returns. And it's a Ryder Cup year where you've got Justin Rose, which has been the hottest player in the world. Rory, which I'd love for you to talk about because you're mm-hmm. very bullish on Rory this very. year. Yes. He looked great in Abu Dhabi. And um, Rom, who just won, mm-hmm. that's a big three right there. Yes. Not to mention Fleetwood, uh, Peters having his second. I mean, it's going to be. You go on and on and on with all these guys. Not I mean, to yes. mention Thomas, Spieth, Ricky, all playing really well. Not to mention even DJ. There could be a guy, Hideki Matsuyama, you didn't mention, Yeah, could win three majors this year. I We yeah. don't know. I mean, and I'm not predicting that. But, yeah. yes, there's so many guys that if you start talking about which players you like, you're bound to leave out somebody in that right. conversation. So I can't remember a time where that many guys were playing this well and could potentially play alongside Tiger playing well. I've been saying this for the last two, three, four years, that golf could be moving towards this little like golden age where the eras uh, intersect mm-hmm. and you have... Tiger and maybe even Phil, who's very bullish on his own game, even if not yeah. many others are bullish about Phil going out as a 47-year-old and yeah. playing great golf. Uh, a lot of people are, or at least Phil is bullish on his own game, that if you have those guys playing well and then you have all those young guys that you mentioned playing well, that yes, this could be a transcendent year for the game of golf. I, I completely agree with that. I wrote that. Uh, I wrote a follow column from the Hero World Challenge where I was uh, a month ago in the Bahamas when Tiger mm-hmm. came back. and. Basically, that was my take afterwards is that we know that Jordan and Justin and Ricky and John Rahm and Dustin and all these other good young players, Rory, I'm going to leave out of there, of course. Yeah. As I said, you, you mentioned all those names, you're going to start leaving guys out of, the, out of the conversation. All those guys are going to have really, really good years. I mean, you know, we don't know if they're going to win six times or three times, but I, I think we can put them all down as being superstar type players and having really good years. Now, you throw a Tiger into the mix, and I'm not even saying the Tiger of old, because you say Tiger of old, and you think that he's going to win every single week, and he's going to win every major, and even in his prime, he didn't win every tournament. I mean, let's yeah. let's face it, it's he's not going to win at the rate that he won at in his prime. But even if you have a Tiger who can be a top 20 type player in the world and play that type of golf, and he's playing alongside all these other guys, 
I'm telling you, the sport's in such a good place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the one thing that we want, we being the Partrain crew, <laughs> to take the sport to the next level is miking up the caddies. And this is something that we've wanted to happen for a while. Now, let me caveat. It doesn't necessarily have to be a microphone on the caddy mm-hmm. for the entire round. Mm-hmm. It could be leveraging mics on tees more often and you let the players know even if you did mic up a caddy it'd be just like nfl films where the player knows they're mic'd up Mm -hmm. and they know they could censor what they're saying but it's also on the tour to make sure that the content they share is insightful entertaining but not detrimental to that player's image well it's hard in the live window because you don't know exactly what someone's going to say you don't know what's going to happen yeah um, I would love to hear more of those conversations, of yeah. course. I, yeah. Who would you rather hear, an analyst talking about what kind of shot they're going to hit or the players and caddies who are actually right. working on that shot saying it themselves? You'd right. always rather hear that. I think one of my favorite uh, conversations that came of the last year was uh, at Bridgestone, I believe, where Charlie Hoffman was talking to his caddy, Brett yeah. Waldman. Up, and yeah. they were on 16, I think. I'm trying to remember. But in any case... Uh, you know, Waldo said, hey, maybe lay up here. And Charlie said, I'm sick of finishing second yeah. and third. I want to win something. Yeah. I'm not laying up. Yeah. It was fantastic content. It was in the moment. Now, for every one of those, you may get 20 very boring caddy conversations or right. something you might not want to listen to or, uh, you know, oh, you get a, a swear word or you get mm-hmm. you know something that's you know not exactly what you want to hear on TV. But, yeah, I, I have no problem with that again. I mean, this goes to what I was saying when you said you didn't get a credential, the the tour needs to look at things from different angles. They need some out-of-the-box ideas. Um, And and I think this would, this just goes along with that. And that I think coverage, okay, I'll I'll be very honest with you. I've always been very reticent. I I was taught at a young age in my career when I was, you know, just starting out 15 years ago covering Mm -hmm. the tour that as a person who works for a TV network, there is no good in speaking about how networks cover events because, quite frankly, if I'm critical, it looks like sour grapes from someone who works for another network. And if I'm complimentary, it looks like I'm in bed with them and, you know, mm-hmm. we're all just congratulating mm-hmm. each other. So there's no good that can come from right. it. They, you know, I, I had a few people on Twitter last week. I didn't write a thing in my Weekly 18 column about the cameraman strike, oh, which yeah. caused the Golf Channel coverage to look a little strange. Um, during the Sony Open. Now, my my answer to that was, what am I, as someone from another network, going to say to uh, about that? I, it just, either way, uh, I don't feel like I'm the person that should be saying it. I, I think there yeah. are other people who are media critics that can go in that direction. But uh, I certainly think the tour can look outside the box in a number of different directions. And I, I think that would be a great one. I, I think that... Um, Anything they can do to spruce up the telecast. Quite frankly, the telecast should look like pop-up video. I don't know if you remember that. You're young, but mm-hmm. pop-up video used to be the you know they show these music videos and every two seconds something pops up on the screen. Hey, did you know that this song was oh, recorded yeah. at uh, this <laughs> venue? Hey, did you know that this guy uh, used to be married to this woman who's in this band? And uh, they yeah. used to just be like full of facts. And it was basically it was sort of like watching social media on your phone while watching something else before the advent of social media. And uh, I, I'm just still stunned that they don't use social media and use some sort of graphical 
um, coverage throughout those uh, those broadcasts that, let's face it, it's not the most exciting sport. You yeah. know, you're watching a football game, and quite frankly, the football game is going to hold your interest the entire time. When there are plays being shown, you're focused on what's happening on the field. Golf, there's a whole lot of downtime. The yeah. swing takes less than a second for uh, the club to meet the ball and the ball to go in the air. And for the entire other part of the time, there should be graphics all over the screen. There should be different things that they are showing us that are making us smarter about the game. And speaking of pop-ups, I mean, we could have a pop-up right now that we're mm. in the pro we're in the pro shot locker room we are of the in, country club. With, we are so in that the, was the third toilet that flushed that you may have heard in the You think background. we're picking that up on the microphone, huh? <laughs> it's possible. It's so, possible. So we've got a, a cool little <laughs> poker room here at uh, West Orange Country Club. We go back here and we'll play cards and we'll hang out. It's a good little spot. It's attached to the locker room and the locker room is attached to the restroom. So... There's not a whole lot of privacy. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that was the third toilet that flushed. The, but, they're yeah, they're we guys can walking through as we're talking. And, you know, I'm getting dirty looks from some of these members. And some of them I, <laughs> we some, all know this. You don't know what you're talking about. So it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> some of these guys I like and a lot of them I really don't like at all. So you never know who's walking through here at any given time. But, no, it's a, it's a fun spot. And, um, yeah, you might hear some toilets flushing. But, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's yeah. okay. We can, we can make that sound effect on the pod, can't we? Yeah, we're, you know. We're a part of the people, you know? <laughs> so let me ask you this. We were debating this the other day, uh, and I think it's fitting to talk about it considering what DJ did in Hawaii and what Rom did last mm-hmm. week in La Quinta. When they're pl- when everyone's playing their A game, Okay. the par train crew, uh, there's the consensus is that DJ is the best. That if everyone's playing as good as they can play, uh-huh. DJ's the best player. Okay. Now, he's the number one player in the world, so it's not that big of a take. So all you guys say But that. I agree. And I think it's just because there's not really a weakness in his game. Mm-hmm. But I do think that I think Rom might be a better raw talent than DJ. And mm-hmm. why I say that is because you could compare DJ's streak of winning a tournament every year. It's the longest active streak on tour, I think, what, 11? For the last 11 seasons, yes, 11 he's, seasons. he's had a, a win. Yep. Uh, what Rom did in his rookie year is unbelievable, with I think 11 top 10s. Yeah, he's now got four PGA Tour wins. He's been a pro for 19 months. I, yeah. It's, it's terrific, the ascendancy that he's made. And for him to continue doing this, it just feels like he is a guy that it doesn't matter if he's playing well or not. I want, to see, be up there. I want to see how far we get down on the list until you name my guy, who I think, when everyone has their A game, has Rory? his best A game. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you I, think Rory's number one. I still think, and maybe I'm living in the past because it's been three straight major list years for Rory, and I understand that, and he's been hurt, and he's had other issues, and you yeah. know maybe he's not that into golf at times, and other times he's really into it. I think this year we're going to see the Rory who has his A game, and when he has his A game, we're all going to go, oh, yeah, I remember him. Mm. And he's going to show us that, yeah, Dustin's fantastic. He's a great talent. Rom is terrific. Jordan Spieth is a great player. When Rory has his best stuff, I think Rory wins. Okay. All right, Rory. Rory versus DJ. I can't wait to watch it. If that, if that comes down to the end, that'll be nice. I, isn't that what we're all waiting for, by yeah. the way? Yeah. I mean, we, we've gotten a little taste of it at some majors over the last yeah. couple of years, but aren't we all waiting for, like, the back nine at Augusta and the leaderboard goes Rory, DJ, Spieth, Thomas, Woods, Mickelson? Yes. 
Wouldn't that be yes. okay? That that would be when one of our co-hosts, Strat, would take his laptop and throw it through the windshield. Or the window. <laughs> just because he can't contain himself. That's when you're going to need the it the most. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. A little bit of a, a fun exercise. I don't know if you've gone through this. I like to exercise. I don't know if you've gone through this uh, process yet for any columns, but picking the major winners for 2018. We've uh, got Augusta, Shinnecock, Carnoustie, and Belle Reve, which is in my hometown Yes. in St. Louis. Which I, Have I, you seen the leaderboard the last time the tour was at Belle Reve? Mm-hmm. And I think it was 08. Was Camilo won it? Yeah. Yeah, it was a hell of a leaderboard. I will give you so uh, this caveat. Now uh-huh. I don't mind doing this with you. Yeah. First of all, I refuse. I, I reserve the right to change my picks five minutes. From of now. course. Of Secondly, course. my my usual answer, and I, I get this all the time on Twitter and through emails yeah. and people I see and I play golf with, they go, "Hey, who do you like at the Masters this year?" I go, "What's the weather like?" Mm. And they look at me. They go, "Well, what do you mean?" I said, "Well, you're asking me to pick a winner. Is it 75 and sunny, or is it 62 and rainy?" Yeah. I, I can give you two different winners sure. based on two different scenarios in the weather. I mean, yeah. different conditions fit different players. It, yeah. uh, Rory, you give me 62 and rainy and soggy greens. Not that they ever get too soggy at Augusta. They can suck them out there. Yeah. But uh, you give me Rory in those type of conditions, and I'm going to take him. You give me baked out greens, I might say Phil Mickelson's creativity might put him o- over some other guys. So yeah. uh, I always say that the conditions dictate how I'm going to predict a golf tournament, and obviously we don't know what the conditions yet are going to be like. So with all that as a caveat, yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right, let's assume perfect conditions. Okay, perfect And conditions. let's assume wind at the open. Okay. Okay? I think that's a good assumption. All right, so... Who are your four picks? All right, for let's start at Augusta. I really, really, really want to pick Rory, and there's been a lot of Rory talk already in the last few minutes uh, from us, and I'm so bullish on Rory, and so I'm going to go with Ricky. Oh, uh, Ricky's going to win one. I I say it every this year. I do this. Year. I do this column at the beginning of the year called the Leap, mm-hmm. and it's it's ten players who are going to sort of make the jump to the next level. So. You know, I always describe it as uh, I can't pick Spieth to win a major because Spieth's already been at that level. So right. you have to pick someone to jump to another level. I think I've picked Ricky to jump to the level of major champion like five of the last six years, and obviously yeah. it hasn't happened. So I'm yeah. I, I'm not going to jump off of that now. I, I really think that Rory's going to win one, and I, and I think Augusta's a great place for him. I, I really do. And if not, it could be. And and this is what I love about his game is that he plays really well at all four of them. Mm-hmm. So it can be any one of those. I really like him at the British Open. He's a great British Open player. So uh, I think Ricky can play well there. I'll, I'm going to take him at Augusta, though. Okay. For my Masters pick, I think I got to go Jordan. Chalk. It's the only time Chalky. to take him. I'm going to take Jordan. I think there's going to be um, – I mean, Phil would be a great guy to take, too. Yeah. Uh, maybe even Rom, honestly, but um, I got to go chalk with the first one. Yep. Because I'm hedging later. Okay. okay oh, you so, are. Okay. Good. So Shinnecock. Right. So we're not going chalk. And I don't even have any picks down, so I'm going off the top. You're going. Of my head. Okay. Good. So am yeah. I. All right. Yeah. Shinnecock. I just think it's going to be sort of like this this classic type player who keeps the ball in play and hits a lot of greens. Justin Rose has played some really good golf lately. Mm-hmm. And anytime I've kind of thought of Shinnecock over the last six months, 
his name pops into my head every single time. And I, and I just think that Justin Rose has the kind of game to really excel at a place like Shinnecock. I, I just... Now, I thought the same thing at Oakmont. I, I thought, you know, look, you can't take a bomber at Oakmont. It's going to be a guy who's got precision game. And, of course, DJ went and blitzed the field and right. played really well there. So it, it could be a similar type of scenario. But I, I really think it's a guy who um, who has a really strong ball-striking game, a, a, a guy who plays his irons really well. Now, Sergio fits that bill. Jordan Spieth fits that bill. Tommy Fleetwood is – I put him – after the performance this past weekend, I think I move him into the top five ball strikers in the world. Maybe mm-hmm. he was there before it, but in my mind, he, he's kind of there now. So um, I think any of those guys will play really well, but just, Justin Rose is my pick. Fleetwood might have my favorite swing on tour right now. It's pretty good, isn't yeah. it? And I think your pick, I totally forgot about my boy Rosie. Yeah. I think I might swap my Masters No, you pick. can't take my pick. You can't steal my pick. I think I might go Who Rose for with? the Masters. No. Oh, okay. For the Masters. Okay. Not for, not for Shinnecock. Okay. I think Jordan's out. I think I'm taking Jordan out. I'm not going chalk. See, and like I we think, said about we said about predictions. I know. Hey, I know. five minutes later, I can I, change my pick. You you only waited two minutes to change your I pick. I totally forgot about Rosie. <laughs> I think what happened last year with his fall that he's had that would be a perfect storm for him to come back. So I'm gonna go Rosie Masters, Shinnecock. I'm in between DJ and um, I'm gonna say Rom. Wow. Okay. And I think DJ's post to get a second U.S. Open. What's interesting is that I've always thought DJ was the antithesis of a U.S. Open type player. Yeah. I mean, you want fairways and greens. Now, like I just said, at Oakmont, he proved us all wrong. Right. He can just bomb it around and yeah. he can think his way around a golf course. And let's be Power honest, cut. Dustin Johnson isn't a guy who we ever uh, think is going to think his way around a golf course and strategize and plot his way. And yet, he's done it before, so why can't he do it again? Yeah. Um, so I, I certainly, you know, look, you take the top ten players in the world, and, and what I've always thought separates them from the rest of the pack, from the B-listers, the guy who are, guys who are sort of second tier, second echelon, is that the A-listers can win on any course, any week, any time. And so you look at some of the guys – I'm trying to think of, of a guy who's sort of in the next tier. Um, Paul Casey's name came to mind, but I actually like Paul Casey at all all the major-type venues, and he's played well at all of them. I, a guy sort of in the teens. So you look at him and you go, really like him at the Masters, I really like him at the PGA, don't really like him at the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. And, and I think what, what always separates those guys, uh, as I was saying about Ricky Fowler, that mm-hmm. they can play their best golf, at any of those four majors, and quite frankly, I mean, wouldn't you rather give yourself chances at four of the majors as opposed to two majors every For year? Sure. I mean, that's obviously the more chances you yeah. have, uh, the better off you are at, at trying to win one of those. Yeah. Okay. Carnoustie. Man, I really haven't thought about this. Uh, Fleetwood's like the guy that comes to mind right away. Yeah, boy, that's such a like in vogue pick. I mean, he won twenty four hours ago, so we're sitting there going, "Well, Fleetwood's really good." Yeah, and that's, know. you know, six months away. I'm gonna go with Sergio, I, oh. only because I for years, and you know, I'm sure there's no like written prediction of this, and I'm sure I won't get any credit for this, but I've always said whenever Sergio was uh, criticized for never winning a major, I said, not only is he gonna win one, he's gonna win more than one. That might hmm. only be two, maybe three. Yeah. Uh, but I've always thought Sergio is a guy who 
is going to win multiple majors. He's that good. And it just took him a long time. It took him until he was 38 years old to win his first major championship. Yeah. Carnoustie's such a good place for him. I mean, he played so well there last time it was there. I, it, I, Sergio's the guy. Now, if the if the wind starts blowing crazy... Um, look, even older Sergio has such a better temperament than younger Sergio. Ten years ago, if the wind blew crazy and there was sideways rain, young I'm Sergio would have thrown a temper tantrum yeah. and he would have been able to play in those conditions. But older Sergio goes, eh, it's okay, I got a smile on my face, I'll go out and play. And I really think he has the right temperament to win in those conditions. He's married. Happy guy. He's going to be a dad. Yeah, it's true. I, I came out and I said, I don't think Sergio wins another major. I think he's complacent. Oh. But I, I think you'd be right about almost anybody except for Sergio. Uh, Sergio is different than almost every professional golfer that I've spoken with. In that Interesting. Most golfers, their mood is dictated by their results and their scores. And so that if you find a golfer who's shooting 67 every day and finishing in the top 10, that's going to be a happy golfer. Yeah. If you find a guy who's shooting 78 and finish, and missing the cut, that's going to be an angry golfer. And Sergio is the other way around. Sergio has to be happy first. And when he's mm. happy, those scores and the results happen. Interesting. And so when he's not is when he's a little petulant and when he's uh, immature and when over the years he hasn't played his best golf. I think Sergio, in the place he's at in his life right now, he's got everything going for him. He's extremely happy. And like I said, happy Sergio then plays better golf. Hmm. All right, so Carnoustie is as hard as it gets, right? Tough place, Carnasty. So you, so you got to be you got to be disciplined. And um, you also got to be in the wind. So the guys that come to mind are Ricky, Fleetwood, obviously. I th- I've thought of Thomas Peters as well. Uh, yeah, I don't Peter's think he's somewhere. I don't think he's as disciplined necessarily. Yeah. I'd I'd like him more at a place that's a little bit more wide open where he could bomb it. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like a Patrick Cantley could be up oh. there as well. Okay. Sure. I, have, I haven't made a pick yet. You know, I'm going to go Ricky. I think Ricky gets his first major at an Open Championship okay. because I, of the win. I, I, I love Ricky at the Open. I, yeah. I think Ricky wins an Open before it's all said and done. Yeah. So I don't mind that. Patrick Ricky. Cantley. Man, I know sort of... Everybody loves him this year, which they should. He didn't miss a cut. Everybody. Now, everybody is Millennial Golf Twitter. Millennial <laughs> Golf Twitter loves Patrick Cantley. Yeah. Patrick Cantley to me, and I, I don't profess to know him that well, but I've spoken with him over the years, got yeah. to know him. I've talked to his swing coach, Jamie Mulligan, a lot. Patrick to me, Patrick's very introverted. Patrick's yeah. not a guy who wants to be in the limelight that much. The guys that have been around over the years who sort of have similar personalities, even if they want to play their best golf, something about them makes them shy away from everything. Mm. Martin Keimer is a perfect example. Martin Keimer is the nicest guy in the world. He never, he never wanted to be the best. I, I don't want to say it. This is going to sound a little bit wrong. He, he wanted to be the best player in the world. When he got to be number one in the world, all the attention and focus was on him, and he didn't want the attention and focus. Mm-hmm. He wanted the best player in the world without all the other things that came with it. And when all those things came with it, I think he was okay with saying, you know what, I'd rather be 14th in the world and I still get to play in everything and I still get to be a really good golfer and I still get paid and I still get to go out and try to win golf tournaments without the bullseye on my back and without yep. everybody looking at me and trying to talk to me. 
And I sort of see the same thing with Patrick Cantlay. So I just mm. wonder what his ceiling is. I just don't know that he's going to reach the, the level of a Spieth or a Justin Thomas only because I just don't know if that's his temperament. Uh, yeah. I just don't know if how he's going to deal with the celebrity part of it. Because quite frankly, that's what you become. You become yeah. a celebrity. And, and everything you do is then uh, multiplied by tenfold because everybody knows who you are and everybody's watching you. And um, I just don't know how ready he is for all of that attention. Golf swing's fantastic. Great putter. Uh, I think he's got all the tools necessary on the golf course. But I think what people forget about is the other stuff. And, and I think sometimes the other stuff can either hold you back or almost pull you back. So, mm. you know, he, he starts playing great golf and gets all of this attention, and I just wonder how he's going to deal with the attention. And I, I hope I'm completely, completely wrong, and I hope that he goes out there and says, man, I love being in the spotlight, and I, it doesn't bother me at all, and I'll go out there and talk to whoever wants to talk to me, and I'll have 10,000 people in my gallery, and I'll still go out and shoot 65, and it doesn't bother me. I hope that I'm wrong yeah. about this, but we'll find out. Yeah, to me it's... It, it's more of a question of how would he respond after winning mm-hmm. versus that hindering him from winning because I could see him just being – he's a grinder, right? Great putter, keeps in play, mm-hmm. mentally tough because of his introverted nature it seems mm-hmm. like. And um, I could see him potentially pulling away and, and somehow winning a major out of nowhere. But yes. we'll see. Okay. Yep. Bell Reeve in my backyard oh, in St. Louis. You nobody get knows this wrong. You should get nobody this knows anything about this course, and I've got a bit of an outside pick here. Yeah, an outside pick. If I if I pick the same guy in front of you, you can't pick him. You're not going to pick this guy. Okay. Um, so I think my favorite guy. Anyone, anytime someone comes up to me and says, "Who's going to be like the next big superstar?" And I'm sort of surprised he's not yet, but. Man, Tony Finau is as good mm. as they come out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Finau, you look at the guy, and he just oozes stardom. Yeah, uh, you know he's. I, I wrote a big piece on him at the Tour Championship this past year, and shakes her hand. He's got these big old hands, and he's he's athletic, and he hits the ball a ton. He's got a, a really good short game, and man, I look at him and I go, this this is the year where he jumps from really good player to really 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 good player, and I, yeah. I just think that. At some point, it's all going to click for him. And he's one of these guys where he's not – he's pretty consistent. I, I should say that. He's pretty consistent. But when he's playing his his best golf, man, he can go out there and play with anybody. And, and I think that Tony Finau is ready. And uh, I'll throw out one more name. sort of my – he's my 1A. My 1B is a guy that you mentioned. I'll, uh, I'll throw Thomas Peters in the mix just because I think Thomas Peters is that good. Mm-hmm. A PGA style and – and you're right. I don't know Bell Reeve as much as I know other PGA courses, but yeah. based on the usual nature of the PGA, where it's a fair setup and you're going to have to bomb it, it'll be pretty long, but uh, a usual PGA type setup, I think Thomas Peters can play pretty well too. I mean, you're also welcome to stay at the Singer household when you're visiting. I mean, oh, it's done. I'm locked yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we've got, you know, basements finished. Nobody's down there anymore because the kids basement? are gone. I mean, you got a whole, it's like an apartment down there. Got I'm a full kitchen. In the basement. I mean, you could stay in one of the bedrooms as well. Yeah, the well, kids thank are gone. You. Yeah, I but, mean, you know, okay, I was trying to give you the apartment, but, uh, you know, it's fair. That's well, I mean, okay. my first option was a hotel. <laughs> so, I mean, if I'm weighing hotel against basement, I'm going hotel. I mean, it's basically hotel wearing, versus apartment. If I'm weighing hotel you know? against, like, so, I mean, come on, you got to sell this to me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you got the parents cooking. All right, know? okay. I mean, 
you know, the the Jewish folks know how to that give yeah, that hospitality, some, you know. Can I get some latkes? Oh, sure. During PGA Maybe week. Matzah ball soup. The, yeah. yeah, matzah ball soup in the middle of and, August yeah, in August. St. Louis is going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. You'll love it. Yeah. You'll love it. Uh, my PGA pick is my boy, Kevin Chappell. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know you the, had one, pod. the one thing that I loved hearing from him when we had him on was, number one, his goal for the year. Mm-hmm. Two goals. His first goal was lowest 16-round score mm-hmm. at the majors. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, that's a focus, right. which isn't that big of a shock. A lot of the top players, after they win, will yep. say that. But number two, what I found really interesting was he did his goal is to not change his putting routine all year. Okay. So, you know, we have a nature of you have a bad putting day, you start tweaking things. Mm-hmm. He's the same way. Mm-hmm. He wants to stick to his process and see what happens at the end of the year. Okay. And he's one of those guys, when you talk about his career, he's kind of like Kucher in the sense where he's never really regressed. Now, Kucher's kind of plateaued and flatlined, and he's always going to make – you know, yeah. three plus three and a half million, and he's right. always going to make top twenties and whatever. But Chapel, I think, is a little bit more up where he's finally got his win now, mm-hmm. and I could see him going to the next level and potentially getting. A, I, I a like Chapel a lot. Chapel's uh, for the fantasy folks out there, for the DFS type players, and I'll do a little bit of that. I I don't want to make it sound like I do a lot because I really don't, yeah. but I do a little. It just kind of keeps me like involved in the game. I like to yeah. see, you know, so I'll, I'll throw a buck out there and just kind of make a few lineups to. Just kind of see what's going on. Just see what you know, who people like, and I, I don't know. Just kind of another way to stay attached to it. Uh, I think Chapel's a, a great sort of week in, week out DFS player because he's so consistent, especially yeah. on the West Coast this time of year. Yeah. Um, you know, like he just had a top ten finish uh, at the uh, I'll call it the Bob Hope sure. on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They're sticking back. Bob yeah. Hope. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think Chapel's a really good player. Uh, look, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I, I love Chapel's fire. Yeah. He's a guy that I think shows his emotions on his sleeves a little bit. He, he's not worried about, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I slam a club and people are gonna get mad. He, he doesn't care. He's no. gonna go out and do whatever he wants to do. So I, yeah. I, I really do like that about him. And yeah, absolutely, I could see him winning major at some point. All right, Tiger time. Yeah, it's the week, right? Mm-hmm. Week at Tory, my home course for years. And what the first thing I want to ask you is. The thing that we need to look for to, throughout the week, tell yourself, okay, is this guy, is he progressing? Is he ready to go? Mm-hmm. Or is something looking off? Now, the, the one thing I'd say is he's got to go no sleeves like the old lineman on the pads. <laughs> to, I mean, you know, a lot of people, I think um, Ken at ESPN, um, I can never pronounce his last name, Ken Van Kalpen. Van Valkenburg. Van Valkenburg, yeah. He was pretty uh, strong. I remember a couple months back about Tiger shouldn't play Tory, thick rough, cold in the mornings, not the best spot for him to start. But obviously, we all know he's won there eight times. So my thing to look for is no long sleeves. He's got to be a grinder out there. You, you know he's not getting cold. And number two, I'd like to see a slight jog downhill at number three, Tory South, just to tell me that the back and the fusion's feeling good. <laughs> But I'd love to hear from you about what you think we need to see to know that he's actually okay. I, I think it'll be a really good sign if Tiger's not laying down in the middle of the fairway having someone work on his back. Okay. That's, that's a really good sign okay. if he's upright the entire week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought, you know, and I will uh, debate Kevin on this one, but 
when he came out in the Bahamas and said, my doctors have told me I can't do any more damage. So uh, he said it took him a while to get into his head. I can't hurt it. I can swing hard. It's okay. I'm not going to yeah. do any more damage to it. Mm-hmm. If he had skipped Tory Pines because, well, it's cold mornings and it's thick rough and mm. I don't want to do any more damage. To me, that's a that right there is a red flare sending up an alarm that that he's scared of doing more damage to himself, even despite what the doctor said. So I think it's a very good sign that he's listening to what they're saying. And if they're telling him, hey, all systems go, you know, you can't do anything else to it. And like you said, there's, uh, you know, it's bone on bone right now. There's no disc there. And so if he can go out there and and play just decent golf, look, if you're expecting him to go out and win this week by five, you're you're crazy. You're ridiculous. You know, I I think we have to – Can he contend? Sort of. Look, in my (laughs) weekly 18 column, I wrote there's there's some betting odds out there, and uh, one of the sports books has out that there's a greater odds of him missing the cut than making the cut. Okay. I said, you know, I think that's crazy. I think the, the equal odds are him missing the cut and finishing top five. Yeah. But I think I'll make the cut. And I, I wrote in there, fine, you want a prediction? I'll give you T14 this week. I okay. think he doesn't seriously contend, but plays just well enough where you go, man, I can't wait to see him again. Yeah. And I'm really excited and intrigued about what this year can hold for Tiger Woods. Uh, I think that's realistic expectations. If you look at anybody else, look, if Dustin Johnson was gone – for 10 months, came back, played one event, and then a month and a half later played again, we wouldn't say, boy, I wonder if he can win this week. You'd go, yeah. oh, hope he plays well. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe not even Dustin. Take it back. Pat Perez, when he was coming back, if he said, man, maybe he can win. No, you'd go, oh, guy's coming back from injury. He's still you know, his second start after a long layoff. Yeah. Hope he plays well. Hope he looks pretty good. Hope he's feeling all right. And, and you move from there. And it's because it's Tiger – Everything is so magnified to the millionth degree, and we look at every little tiny detail of what he's doing. I'll give you one more aspect of what we should be looking for from Tiger. And here, I think, is the key to Tiger Woods' season. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you the secret. Here's the secret for Tiger. Teaser. If I was working for Tiger, Mm -hmm. if he smiles smiles a little bit at Torrey Pines. Aren't we all working for Tiger? (laughs) I am not. (laughs) I am not working for Tiger. Please put that on the podcast. Uh, if he's smiling a little bit, I, I've thought that part of his problem, even when he was healthy over the last, you know, from 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, he looked like it was a job. Yeah. The Tiger that I saw in the Bahamas, now, granted, it's easy to go to the Bahamas with a bunch of your buddies and look like you're having a lot of fun. No cut. No cut. Yeah. Hang out. Weather's great. Go to the casino at night. You know, have a couple drinks here and there. Like, it's a fun, relaxing, laid-back week. If Tiger can take the way he treated the Bahamas and treat every tournament that way, I think he'd be much better served. I mean, look, I I learned a long time ago. We we shouldn't compare our own games to professional golfers because it's night and day. Right. But we all know when we're out having fun, if you go and play in a foursome and you're like, all right, we're playing for – 50 bucks a hole and we're doing this and you don't really and well you're grinding you're not going to play your best golf with you hey let's go have a good time five bucks a man yeah whatever and have some drinks and you all of a sudden you're loosened up yeah you're smiling you're telling stories you're having a good time and you play better yeah like me on 16 today 
I loosened up. Did I you got play warm. well in six? What did you do on 16? Well, 16 to 18. It was my final stretch. I thought I won know. 16 for us. Well, you know. I, I finally started three. hitting some good shots. At least one of us was stroking there. Yeah. I, I, I bought enough strokes on the first tee that yeah. I was uh, – uh, No, I, I really think that the key for Tiger is to keep smiling, have a good time, keep telling himself. And and I hope that Joe Lacov I, – I, I'm not sure how much or what influence that Joe has on him, but – I hope that at some point Joe goes, hey, Tiger, smile. Yeah. You're healthy, you're playing golf. Yeah. Okay, so what? So you hit that one way left, and you're going to have to get up and down for par. It's okay. Yeah. You know what? You're out here. You're doing it. it yeah. Isn't this cool? I I hope that. And, and Tiger showed a lot of perspective when he was in the Bahamas. I, I was really, um, really intrigued by the fact that he – Thanked all his fellow players for helping him get back to this point. He was um, very contrite, speaking about kind of what he's been through and kind of where he is now. And I hope that he can maintain that sort of positive outlook. Because Tiger, when he's smiling and having fun, first of all, the entire game is going to be more fun. If you know people are watching on TV, they're watching Tiger nonstop. Tiger's out there smiling and having a good time. Everyone's going to be having a better time. Yeah. And now it's not Tiger's job to promote the game. I get that. But it'd be a good thing for the game to just see Tiger out there having a good time. Go try your best. I'm not saying that, you know, he should be not having that tunnel vision. But I, I just don't think he needs to be the guy with that tunnel vision and that, you know, blocking out everything else. Go have a little fun. I, I've seen over the years that a, a fun Tiger, a Tiger that's having a good time, is a better Tiger, both on the golf course and and for everybody else watching him as well. Now, I don't know if you've heard anything more. There was all this talk about Tiger's round with Obama and how everybody is like so excited about how he's playing. First of all, I want to say, anytime anyone plays with a pro, they're probably going to say, oh my God, he was hitting the ball incredible. He looked great. Exactly. So... I'm just going to confirm you got no further tidbits that we can take with us. You think Obama's going to come out and go, I don't know. He, he was kind of pushing his five iron. So, yeah. you know, he's got really got to work on his distance control. Too many no. stingers. Yeah. yeah. Guy wasn't afraid to swing up on the ball. Of Too many course. stingers. Obama's what, like a 14 handicap or something. Yeah. He's going to go, man, yeah. Tiger looked great. Yeah. Well, yeah, no kidding. Uh, of course he looked great. So let me ask you this. What player on tour, because I think Phil's one of them personally, do you think benefits the most from Tiger coming back, or plays better because of it. Nah, I. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. You don't think? No. It just doesn't. Do you think they're mutually exclusive? Yeah. Okay. I, I just don't think Tiger coming back has has no bearing on what Phil does whatsoever. Maybe if they're in the same pairing. Uh, and I wrote I a big. Feel piece like it adds a little extra. I wrote a big piece about this maybe six months ago, uh, maybe a little less during the FedEx Cup. On how playing partners can affect. Oh, that players. was great! Thank you. I love that piece. And yeah, most of the guys. Zach Johnson was the best. He goes, "It shouldn't, but it does." Yeah. But it shouldn't, but it kind of does. And it, you know, he kept yeah, kind of like going when he back. Plays and with Freddie, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Paul Casey was the one who said, "You know, play with Freddie at the Masters," and me and my caddy John kept looking at each other, going, "Oh my God, this is amazing! Like, yeah. look how he walks. Yeah. Look how he swings." <laughs> And they were like, they were like fans out there watching him. He said, you know, they'll go out there in other tournaments and say to each other, "Hey, let's go play some Freddy golf." And yeah. it just means relax. I mean, it's no different than what I was saying about Tiger. Go, 
basically, and that's a much more succinct way of saying what I said in that whole time, which is Tiger needs to go play Freddy golf. And Joe LaCava would be the perfect person to tell yeah. him, go play some Freddy golf and just, you know, be relaxed out there and enjoy it and have a good time. Um, but I don't know that anyone necessarily benefits from Tiger coming back. Okay. Uh, these guys are sort of, uh, you know, sort of players unto themselves. And okay. I, I just don't know that any of them necessarily look at it and go, man, Tiger's playing good, so I got to go out there and play good as well. It yeah. doesn't really work that way. All right, my last question. What are the odds that Tiger is considered for the Ryder Cup as a player? Uh, if he's playing well, he'll absolutely be considered. Now, if he's, let's say he's 18th in the list on the list, he's going to be considered a lot more strongly than if another guy was 18th on the list. Jim Furyk, though, is the right guy to tell Tiger. Now, I, I'm not sure the last few captains, whether you go Steve Stricker, President's Cup, Davis Love, I don't know that those guys were necessarily strong enough personalities where if Tiger was sort of in the mix in a potential captain's pick, and granted, this is all, you know, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, we don't know where Tiger's going to be. Maybe he gets into the top eight and he's, you know, on yeah. the team no matter what. Yeah. Maybe he's 200th on the list and he's not even a thought. But if he's sort of in that mix of guys who could be added as a captain's pick, I think Davis Love and Steve Stricker are both like, man, it's Tiger. I've played with Tiger for so many years. He's great. Jim Furyk has a lot of, uh, he's got this Pittsburgh mentality to him mm-hmm. where he's not going to put up with much. He's got very strong opinions. He's going to go, you know what? Tiger's been the best player the last 20 years, maybe the best player ever. I love the guy. I absolutely want him involved. I think these four players are better for my team. Yeah. And he will call Tiger up and say, man, can't wait for you to come to Paris with us. And you're going to be in the team room every day. You're going to be talking to the guys and making sandwiches. Yeah. And, and if that's what he needs to tell him, I, I think Tiger will absolutely say, whatever you want, Jim, no problem. Yeah, I think it's it's a win-win to have him as a captain. I think the, it's a risk when you start thinking about him as a as a player because he honestly doesn't have that great of a record in the Ryder Cup. That doesn't matter. It's, but you know, I mean, what are you gonna you're gonna take a guy who's way off the list because he's never played as opposed to Tiger. Yeah. I, he's Tiger Woods, so yeah. yeah, there is a bit of that hero worship. Now, here's what I will say, and and I still think Jim Furyk is enough of a strong personality that he may make his own decisions. You're the PGA of America. And the European Tour, and this is even more so than the PGA of America. This is a huge moneymaker for the European Tour, especially when it's on European Tour soil. This basically keeps the Tour afloat for the next two years, next four years, because they have the Ryder Cup um, on home soil every four years. So there may be a couple of whispers in Jim's ear if Tiger's playing well, saying, look, Mm. we can have a Ryder Cup with Tiger Woods playing. And a lot more eyeballs and a lot more sponsorship and a lot more people paying attention and sell a lot more tickets and all those good things that come along with the Ryder Cup. I know the Ryder Cup's going to be big no matter who's playing in it. But you throw Tiger Woods in the mix, all of a sudden they see those dollar signs popping up a little bit more. And mm. I think that could be part of sort of the pitch to Furyk. Now, can they tell him you have to take Tiger? I don't think so. But they can strongly suggest it. Like I said, I, th- I think past captains weren't quite as strong personalities where they might have said, yeah, you know what? 
I see your point. I want to help you guys out. You made me the captain. I want to scratch your back a little bit, and I'll, I'll do a favor for you, and I'll put him on the team. I think Jim Furyk is kind of marching to the beat of his own drum, and I think Jim says, I'm going to do what I want to do. I appreciate your input, um, but I'm not necessarily here just to help the event make money. I'm here to win. And so he's going to do the best thing for his team. All right. Well, there you have it. We've been talking for a while. You've had me out today. Thanks I think for coming time... out and playing. We no, won our I match pre- today. I appreciate it. We got free drinks. Well, the first round, you got the second round. I appreciate I, that. I, I had to buy the cigarettes. And, <laughs> and uh, no, this was a lot of fun. I'm excited to – maybe I'll see you at Riviera. I'll in definitely LA. be at Riviera. Yeah, um, so I'll so. maybe see you then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, get ready for the best – Season on the PGA Tour of all time. Of all time. Of all time. 53 was calling it out there.